shout of praise tonight. Yes. We thank you for his faithfulness. Amen. That's right. He does great things.
Lift your voice and sing. Always beside me. Before me, say.
Jesus. Come tonight, Lord, before your cross. Declaring, Lord, that's who you are. Make a way. Make a way, Lord. Oh, you make a way, Lord. Here it is. Even when I don't see it, you work. You say, even when I don't feel it, you work it. You never stop. You never stop working. You never come on. Sing it. Even when I don't come on. That's right. Even when I don't feel it, you work it. You never stop. You never stop working. Come on. Let his church arise. We declare it. Say.
it is one more time. Say, Waymaker, miracle worker, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you Isn't it awesome to know that when we cry out to God, He's a God that not only listens, but can do something about our situation. That's why He says, cast all of your cares upon me, for I care for you. That's why He says, don't lean on your own understanding. That's why He says, don't worry about anything, but through prayer and supplication, that your request be made known unto God. That's why he says, release it all over to me. Father God, whoever said, when you get to the end of the rope, tie a knot and hold on, is a liar. You say, untie the knot and let go. And let God. Because we need to fall into the hands of Almighty God, who will take us through the river and we will not drown. He will take us through the fire and we will not burn. He will come, Lord God, and we will come out unscorched. Father God, we will not have one mark on us. And Father God, if there's any kind of scar on us, it's just to remind us that you already healed the wound. So Father God, whatever we're going through right now, Lord, there's a heaviness. God, we think of what's going on worldwide and we see the atrocities happening in Israel. Some of the things that have been reported are true and some are untrue, but Lord, what we do know is there's a war going on and Lord God, they've been brutaling, torturing, murdering people and Lord, we pray that you bring peace in the Middle East. Father God, bring peace in Jerusalem. Father God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that they have peace with God that they would finally accept the Messiah. And Lord, they would celebrate that. We pray, Father God, for the 1040 window, the greatest population of Muslims in the world. And we pray, Father God, for a mighty move of God there to bring peace in that arena, and that territory. Father God, we pray, Father God, for the window of New Mexico and the 33 counties in this amazing state that we live in. A beautiful state, magnificent state with amazing people. But Lord God, there's a spirit of antichrist in this territory. People don't like Jesus in this territory. People don't wanna have anything to do with Christianity in this territory. God, I pray that we claim back New Mexico for Jesus Christ and that, Father God, we take back the territory for Jesus. That our life would live out a way that, Father God, would bring glory to you. Father God, we pray for the sick, those that are broken and hurting. Father God, we need miracles. I pray for those that are in the hospital recovering from traffic accidents. I pray for those... Father God, that are recovering from cancer. Father God, I pray for those that are recovering from wounded marriages. 
I pray for those that are recovering from children that have gone astray and some, Lord God, are out living a very promiscuous life. Some are involved in drug or alcohol activity. Some, Lord God, have just run away from school and from home. I pray, Father God, for a longing for our kids, our kids that come back to know you and serve you and worship you and fall in love with you. That, Lord God, this generation of young people would bring revival to New Mexico. Lord, I pray that it would start right here at New Beginnings Church. That, Lord God, it would sweep across our congregation. That, Lord God, we would want to see, Lord, a move of God to transform lives and heal lives and set captives free in the name of Jesus Christ. So have your will and your way in our life. We truly surrender our will to you. And God, do what you want to do. Lord, for everyone watching online, I pray, Father God, that you visit them right now. That, Lord, you overwhelm them with your presence and they're going to know that you have shown up right where they are. Whether they're watching from a hotel room, they're watching, Father God, from a hospital bed, or they're watching, Father God, from their house or their vehicle, wherever it might be, that, God, you realize, they realize you are there with them. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to keep doing. And we're just going to keep lifting our voice, testifying of what you're doing. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ and God's people shout it out and say amen. amen. Now sing it out. Sing it out again. Even when I don't see it, you work. Even when I don't feel it, you work. Come on, lift it up. We declare it because that's our God. Even when, say, even when, even when, even when I don't see, come on, all right, that's right, that's our God, that's who he is, we say, even when, even when I don't see it, you work
because you are a way maker. You are a miracle worker. And we stand on those promises right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Give a shout out for the way maker, for he is good. Amen. Could you turn to someone and welcome them into the house of the Lord this evening? Good evening, my family. Waymaker. Miracle work. Yeah, don't stop. What a beautiful time of worship. Welcome, church. We want to welcome you uh, into his house, into his presence. Amen. And it's just amazing that we get to one minute. We're just kind of talking about what happened at the office or the stresses of life or on our shoulders. And then we sing Waymaker. And then we're just like, we're in his presence. We are right? on it's holy just, ground. Wow. It's us coming into his place. Amen. Amen. Um, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church, and we want to welcome you. And my name is Roxy, and I'm, it's just my privilege to be part of your worship team as well. So welcome to those of you in the room, and Amen. welcome to those of you online joining us as well. Prem, how about we trade places? Prem, I know. This feels we've weird. Been, we've been backwards all night, huh, church? You're like, on this side, it. it just feels weird. Uh, I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> church, we want to catch you up on just a couple of things uh, of what we're going to be doing. Church, for one, we want to say thank you so much for your awesome response for Truck or Treat. Um, and the donations have been pouring in, but they cannot stop because this coming. year we're going full tilt. We're going to go tilt. one more level above That's that, right. which is going to take it to the whole nother level. That's what we're going to do. I mean, last we're year we do. had over 2,000 people. Right. We had over 2,000 people, um, and this year we're shooting for – it's not – I want you to keep something in mind, church. It's not about the amount of people that we get just so we can say, oh, we had three, 4,000 people. That three, 4,000 people, okay, that represents lives that are getting touched, lives that are getting transformed. Each one of you in this place somehow got touched by something that happened out of the ministry at New Beginnings Church. And that's why it's so amazing that you and I get to be a part of ministries and and opportunities like Trunk or Tree, that, that's what right. we get to do. Changing lives. Remember, it takes place October 28th. It's from 530 to 8. If you have a trunk of your car that you want to decorate, us, decorate let us know. We'd, like, we'd love to have you out. Um, if you just want to donate candy, that'd be great. If you just want to show up and help in other ways, maybe you could be the person that takes the candy out, right? right? Hey, Rox, we what, are what, dedicated. What are you decorating your car? I think I'm going to do the chancla toss. The chancla toss. You're a pro, man. Just chancla toss. <laughs> It's good. That's because I can win my own game. I can get my own candies. <laughs> Mine's decorated as the landfill, so I don't have to change anything on, yes, in my trunk. It's a fact. Why it's the landfill yeah. right now. Well. But church, please register your vehicle. We have just a few more spots left for you to participate in decorating your vehicle. If you want to do that, you want to showcase that trunk of yours, whatever's in there. Like mine is a landfill right now. Uh, my daughter moved out after she got married. <laughs> 
And uh, there's a bunch of stuff in there that she left in there, so it's kind of a landfill right now. But It could be Oscar the Grouch's trash can. Oh, thanks. See, this is why I need uh, Oscar the Grouch. There we go. We're going Oscar the Grouch this year. But church, there's just a few more spots left. And so I want to encourage you to sign up um, in a little bit. You're going to see a QR code of how you can do that. But church, uh, we want to talk to you about Frontline Resurrection Service, uh, their their benefit and their fundraiser. Roxy, tell us a little bit more about that. Listen, church, it is um, Friday and Saturday. It's a Mm two-day conference. It's called Women's Life Recovery conference it's here at new beginnings church shout out amen that's right um tickets are 25 dollars. you can buy them there's usually tables set out here up front um it is just an opportunity once again for lives to be transformed for your life to be transformed if you need it we all need it every now and then every week every monday morning we need our lives to be transformed right but sometimes you also have a friend who's just going through it and they're not hearing what you have to say, this is an opportunity to, from, for them to hear something amazing mm. from someone else. And it could be a moment yep. where their lives are transformed. And by the transformation of their life through the power of Jesus Christ, you can transform their entire family and trajectory Amen. of their life and their family from that point forward. That's what women's power in, in terms of their uh, authority over their family and their ability to speak life, that's what women can Amen. do. And this is the opportunity for that change to happen for you and for your friends. I don't need to say anything else. You Can got I it. get an amen? Amen. That's All right, right. Let's do it. So, church, if you want to support their ministry, maybe you can't be here that night. Okay? Maybe you say, man, I work those both nights or, or Friday night and Saturday morning, and maybe you can't make it. Guess what, guys? You can still participate by per- either, A, purchasing a ticket, or you can just make a, fin- a, a cash donation or a financial donation to, to Frontline Resurrection. They have a table that's set up outside. You'll see the ladies out there. Um, Manning the table after service, before and after service, uh, today, Sunday, before the event. So I encourage you, or you can participate just by sitting in the seats, man. You don't know how much it means and, and how much it encourages the ladies that are up here pouring their hearts out, uh, putting all their talents out here on yep. the platform yep. just to have, hey, these people are rooting for me, right? It's just something special. And so if you can't make it, maybe you can't give the $25 or pay a $25. Guess what? Being in these seats... I, but I encourage you, church, please, right. please, please support this cause. It's just an That's amazing right. cause. Well, listen, church, yep. we've talked about just a couple of That's things right. that are happening at New Beginnings Church. There are so many more things happening, things that um, your leadership always tries to, to find ways to get you guys encouraged and motivated and reaching up to Christ, ways to build up our church and ways to reach out into the community. If one of those things are what you want to do, click on mm-hmm. that QR code, find something, find a way that you can get involved That's so right. that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in our community because they need Amen. it. Amen? Amen. Amen. That QR code will connect you to us, your leadership team. You can post a prayer request. You can ask us for just a general question from the front office. And um, also there's that QR code for the app. And while you're in that app, the bottom right-hand corner that has a little heart uh, will allow you to give to the ministry and to the mission and the vision of what you and I do on a daily basis. It's not only uh, the God's Warehouse and the other ministries like Frontline Resurrection and Under His Construction that we support. It's not just that. It's also keeping these lights on, right? Keeping these lights on, all the equipment that you see, these awesome TVs here. That It's all about what we do for the work and the sake of the kingdom, amen? So thank you. And if you want to be a part of that, you can give through the app in that bottom right-hand corner with a the, with the heart. Or you can text. The ways to give are on the screen behind me or in front of you at home. Or you can drop off your cash donation at one of the, one of the uh, tithing boxes the entrance 
to this sanctuary. Thank you for your faithful Amen. giving, church. Thank you so much, church. We love you so much. Awesome to be here with you tonight. Now let's get ready. Pull out the app that we told you about. Get into your notes and follow along with tonight's sermon because it's a hard hitter. Pastor Richard, let's do it. Thank you, guys. Hey, Roxy, for Trunk or Treat, I envision you like Pancho Villa with these two big old, but instead of bullets, they're going to be puras chanclitas. Como, como, la chanclera. You know what? Trunk or Treat is always so much fun because we're able to minister to so many people. We hand out tracts to everyone that comes. We pray with them, encourage them, and just have a great time. Hey, guys, uh, man, I want to remind you this month, uh, Saturday is our men's breakfast, and I really hope to see you guys here. Uh, guys, I'm finishing up a series that I had started a few weeks back called In Time of Pain. I don't know if you realize how many people are going through painful journey. Uh, they're going through a hard time. And by the way, our youth have already been dismissed. If you didn't go youth, you guys can t- take off to the youth room. But uh, in time of pain, and we've been seeing what's going on in Israel right now. And I don't know about you, but man, it's heartbreaking to see what's happening. It's heartbreaking to realize how wicked people can be. Truly how wicked sin is. Sin is ugly. There's nothing pretty about sin. And we think at times when we sin that it's no big deal, but... It's a very big deal. The wages of sin is death. And sometimes it's literally the death of people because of people's sin. And God calls people to be, to step up and to minister at times like that. And when atrocities like that happen, there's always these unsung heroes that rise up. They're just ordinary people that to them, they're just doing what anyone else would do. But the people around them are going, my gosh, you're our hero. You saved my children. You saved my wife. You saved my husband. You saved people. You came to their rescue. You came to their aid. But to them, they're just ordinary people. And God is calling us to be ordinary heroes. People that make a big impact in the people's lives, into our community, to really change Albuquerque, to really change Bernalillo County, to change Sandoval and Valencia County, Torrance County, and the counties around us to really make a difference and see transformation take place because of ordinary heroes that are stepping up and doing something great to make changes. And there's a lot of ways of doing that, and I want to talk about a few ways tonight, but I want to start off with this scripture that the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. And then he says right there, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray we learn how to apply this to our life and our community. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. So I want to talk about five ways that 
God can use ordinary heroes. And, and the very first thing is this. Ordinary heroes share their experience. They share their experience. We just finished reading it in this passage. Paul is writing and he says, he goes, God is a merciful father. He's a source of all comfort. And he says in that passage of 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, he says in verse 4 that he comforts us in our troubles so that we might be able to comfort others with the same comfort we receive from God. So he's saying, I want you to share your experience. I want you to share how you made it through. I want you to share what took place in your life because people need hope. People need to know that there is a way out of this, that they're going to get through this because you got through it. And if you could get through it, they could get through it. And if you got through it, they need to hear how you got through it so it'll encourage them to step up and try what you did and maybe it just might work. Because there's a lot of hurting people. And so there's things that we need to do to help. Three things that we can share when we help. The first thing is share what you felt. Say, you know what? Don't ever say, I know exactly what you're going through, because you don't. But say, I know what I went through when I went through a similar situation. I went through a similar situation. I also was attacked. I also was beat up. I also was swindled. I also was cheated on. I also was lied to. I also got wounded. I also was the very subject of gossip. I also, I also, I also. When you share what you went through and how you felt, they're going to be able to hear and go, oh my goodness, you really do understand. You do know what I'm going through. Maybe it might not be exactly the same thing, but oh my goodness, you know what betrayal feels like. You know what being backstabbed feels like. You know what being talked about feels like. You know what it is to feel like to be cheated on. Man, you really do know. And when you start sharing what you felt, they start realizing they're not the only ones on earth going through that. They're not the only ones on earth feeling that. They're not the only ones on earth because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you think you're the only one that's gone through that pain. And you're sitting there going, yeah, but you don't even know what they did to me. You don't even know how I feel. And you're going... Well, I don't know exactly how you feel, but I do know the feeling of betrayal. I do know the feeling of being cheated on. I do know the feeling of being gossiped about. I do know the feeling about. And when you share your feelings, it really helps them understand that you do understand more than they think. Another thing you need to do is share what you've learned. Share what you learned through that. Say, you know what? I, I learned that... That's not worth even trying to go out there and defend yourself. You go out trying to defend yourself. You go out trying to say, no, that's not this. That's not true. That's not true. You know what? It just makes things worse half the time. Because I've always lived by this. If your own testimony can't defend you, if your own reputation can't defend you, then don't even worry about it. Because you could say all kinds of stuff, but they're going to say, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So the best thing to do is say, God, you know what the truth is, and you know what's gone down, and you know what happened, and Lord, I need to give you, you need to give me back up. Because, man, they're coming after me, and they really hurt me. 
And so what I learned, what I learned is not to listen to the voices of others. I learned not to compare myself. I learned not to think of what they're saying. Instead, I want to meditate on what he is saying because that's the truth. And those are the words you've got to hold on to. That's why when you read Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, finally, my brothers and sisters, fix your eyes on these things, what is true, what is noble, what is worthy of praise. He's saying, I want you to focus on the right thing and the pure thing, not on the thing that's fabricated and not on those things that you're creating in your own imagination. That's why it says, take captive every vain imagination. And what that means is the crazy thoughts we have, take them captive to the obedience of Christ. Every time I hear and read that verse, I I see like images and I see like armed guards taking my crazy thoughts captive and they go, shut up and get over here and go into the jail. And they're captive now. And they're having to obey Jesus. And Jesus is saying, you're in timeout for the rest of eternity. Now quit bothering Mansfield. He's crazy enough. He doesn't need you messing him up even more. Are you with me? Because we could get crazy sometimes. We could think the craziest things. And that's why you have to take your vain imaginations captive and not be rehearsing them over and over. And you help people learn the same thing. You say, look, I know what I felt. I know what I was going through. But I also know what I learned through this. And you need to learn the same thing. You need to grab a hold of the same thing. And then you need to share what you would do differently. Say, you know, when I went through that, I know what I would do different now. Looking back, I I definitely would never do it like that again. I wouldn't start defending myself, I wouldn't go to war with them. I would just give them over to the Lord right away. And you tell them what you would do differently. You give them some suggestions, and you speak into their life, and you say, have you tried this instead? Have you tried that instead? Have you done this? Because let me tell you, the way you're handling it, I know that if I was handling like like that, or if someone was handling it with me like that, I think it would create a war. And that's why you probably have war on your hands. So you need to handle it differently and you share those thoughts because our experience many times will help validate their experience. You'll be able to say, hey, I went through that, but I made it through. And then they're going to go, yeah, I'm going to make it through too. Yeah, you know what? And they rise up with hope and they rise up with joy, and they rise up knowing that God is with them, and they're going to get through it, and they're going to stay focused, and they're going to focus on the right thing. So it's really important that ordinary people share their experience. A second thing that ordinary heroes need to do is extend their empathy, not their apathy. Apathy is where you just don't care anymore. Nah, who cares anyway? That's their problem. They're stupid. They shouldn't have done that. Stupid people are just stupid, so quit being stupid. (laughs) That's really nice of you. No, empathy is where you feel the pain, where you, you really understand the pain. Like I've said before, I don't have to hit myself with a hammer to know it hurts. 
I don't have to be an alcoholic to know it hurts. I don't have to be a drug addict to know it hurts. I don't have to be a gossiper to know all the damage it could cause. I don't have to be, I don't have to be to know the things it could create. So we need to be more empathetic, to extend empathy. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 15, he says, be happy with those who are happy. And he goes, weep with those who weep. He's saying, in other words, share their emotion, share their moment, share what they're going through, tell them you understand, let them know, you know what, I don't know exactly what you're feeling, but I know I've been there before, and I'm so sorry you're hurting so bad, and sincerely mean it. I was always trying to fix things for Cindy. Cindy, my wife, would come home and say, oh, this happened and that happened. I go, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. She's like, I don't need you to fix it. I already took care of it. She just wanted someone to empathize with her. So I quit trying to fix it, and I just say, man, I'm really, and I sincerely mean it. I go, man, I'm sorry you went through that. Sorry you went through a horrible day. I'm sorry it was a challenging day for you. And then sometimes she hasn't fixed, and she says, what do you think I should do? And I go, well, I didn't, do you really want to know? And then once she says yes, then I go, because I've been storing up all the ideas that I thought she should do. But empathize first. Be invited into the conversation. Be invited into the advice giving. You see in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 20, it says, singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a womb. In other words, if someone's all bummed down and you're there, oh, let me just sing to you. They don't need singing. They need ministry. Like Pastor Chuck was telling me, hey, Pastor, this is the time we need to start gathering blankets and coats because it's starting to get chilly. And you know what? This is that weird time of the year where at night, man, it dips down sometimes into the lower 40s sometimes the upper 30s, and then by 9 or 10 o'clock, it's warm again. So if you're cleaning out your closets, bring your jackets, bring your blankets, and, and, and share them. Because he's saying here, don't just give them a lot of fancy singing. Oh, let me just sing you a song. Oh, that's going to make me warmer, right? Might make my blood boil. <laughs> but, but in other words... Put some action behind it. Put some empathy behind it. Show them you really care. Show them you really love. Show them you really want to help. Do something. Step in the gear. Remember when he says, if you see somebody hungry and you just say, God bless you, <laughs> what good is that going to do? Man, offer them a meal. Man, at God's warehouse, we give them food. We, we give them food they could even take with, but we also give them the word. But if we just gave them the word, they'd be like, but do you have any food? We'll sit down and listen to the word. Okay, but is it going to get me any food? Try it and find out. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be a drag if you sat through a whole sermon and they didn't even give you anything to eat? But man, the fact that you're going to feed me, I'll listen to you because you're showing me love. You've earned the right to speak into my life now because you're showing me and extending empathy. 
You see, ordinary heroes do that. Another thing ordinary heroes do is give tangible help. They gave real help. They do something that you could really use. Sometimes we're trying to give things that they don't need. Sometimes you're trying to help some, somebody with something that they really don't need right now. Like, don't give someone a blanket if they don't need it. They might say, are you kidding? I got a blanket and a sleeping bag. I'm doing good. Give it to somebody that needs it. And most homeless will tell you that. If they don't need it, they don't take it. They go, man, my friends could use it, but I, I don't need it right now. Sometimes we might have a need, and we won't speak up. We won't share anything. We don't say anything out of pride. And pride keeps us from saying, man, I can sure use your prayers right now. When people are saying, how you doing? You don't have to say, oh, uh, uh, the roof's leaking, the cat's crying, the baby's running all over the house, and, and oh, the dog bit the cat, the cat bit the baby, the baby bit me, and we're all, oh, it's horrible. You know, some of you have had those experiences. It's, it's like, man, you don't have to go into everything. You can just say, you know what, it's been such a challenging day. It's been a really hard day. I know today for me was a crazy day. I woke up in Oklahoma City, and I woke up, and I go, how did I get here? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I was in a meeting, but I had to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to catch a plane, and I get to the shuttle, and the shuttle didn't show up. And when it finally showed up, it was late, so it got me late to the airport, so I missed my plane. And now I'm going, wow. So I'm going through TSA, and I go, hey, you guys are keeping me tied up here, man. I'm going to miss my plane. He goes, well, I hope you get another one. I go, wow, you are so kind and, and empathetic. He didn't care if I missed the plane. And I sat there, and I see the plane. I'm going, the plane, the plane. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that out loud. But I really could see my plane right there, and I'm like, man, they go, well, we already pulled away the, 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 you know, whatever hooks up to the plane that we can't read, open the door, and I'm like, oh, man. So I missed my plane, and I'm like, well, hopefully I'll get back in time. And then they put me on another plane, and that was a disaster. And then they put me in another, and oh, it was just one of those days. And I said, man, I can't wait to get to church tonight to preach about empathy. Because <laughs> I'm being a and I need someone to say, it's all right, Pastor, you're going to get through it, you know? It, it, it's one of those times when you're hurting. Well, sometimes you don't just need the pat on the back. Sometimes you need someone to step up. Hey, how can I help? And I, and I got there at gate 68, and I had to get to gate 11, in 12 minutes. And I'm like, I'm walking all jacked up, man. I'm like, I'm trying to go as fast as I can. And finally, a little buggy came up. He goes, sir, you need a ride? I go, dude, I got to be at the other end of the place here in 12 minutes. The door is closed to my plane in 12 minutes. And he's there, and he made a stop. He made a stop. And I'm like, dude. And finally, he was going to make one more stop. I go, sir, 
my doors close in two minutes. Would you please take me? And he got me there. They were waiting just for me because our plane was late. And they waited. I go, they waited. Thank you, Jesus. And I walked on the plane. And when I walked on the plane, some people clapped because they knew they were waiting for me. Just a few. The rest looked at me like, it's about time, young man. We've been waiting, holding the plane up for you. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I'll tell you that tangible help, that little buggy dude that came along, I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just didn't say thank you. I took my wallet out and I gave him some money and he was like, wow, thank you. I go, man, you, 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 you didn't drop that lady off. I hope you do drop her off next. <laughs> and I even told the lady, thank you, lady. She goes, ah, that's all right. My plane doesn't leave for a while. But it was a tangible thing. In the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 2, he's, it says there, share each other's burdens. In other words, do something about it. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. So when you actually do something, it really blesses people. It makes them feel like, wow, my next door neighbor, her husband died a few months ago, and so Mondays are our trash day. So Monday, when I bring my trash cans back into my property, I always, I try to always, if somebody doesn't beat me, but I go and get her trash can and I take it up to her house because she's a widow now and she's an older woman and I just want to help her out. Do something tangible. Do something to help. Look, some of you older moms here, some of you older ladies, that your kids are all, they've flown the coop already. You have an empty nest syndrome. That means your grown children are gone and your grandkids come and see you sometimes, but sometimes you're like, golly, I, I miss cooking. I don't even know how to cook for one person. So half of the time you're just going to, well, there's no such thing as $1 burgers anymore, but you just go get a 2 or $3 burger or you just do something really cheap. But you know what? Maybe after church, when you see a mom with three, four kids, why don't you go up to that mom and say, hey, I'd love to cook a meal for you. Maybe, I'll tell you what, every Wednesday, we come to church, I'll cook a meal, I'll bring it, and that way you guys have a meal to go home to at the end of service. Cook a meal, do something that you could do. How about if you are really, really bored and you know someone that just had surgery or Help them clean their house. Say, hey, I I thought I could come over and maybe do some laundry for you. Or maybe I could cook a meal for you. Or maybe, you know, if someone calls you, be kind enough to return their calls. People don't return calls anymore. You know what? I try to return calls, and you know what the freakiest thing is? I return calls. And people go, wow, pastor, you really called me back. I'm like, well, I I said I would at my earliest convenience. Sometimes my earliest convenience is finally late at night, but I'm trying to catch up with the phone calls. Try to make a phone call. Go mow their grass or something. The other day, my daughter sent me pictures from my grandson in El Paso, and he was over there weed-eating the next door neighbor's house. I go, oh, that's cool. Danny got a job. He goes, no, he just, he's an old lady and her husband died a few months ago. So he's over there 
cleaning her yard for her for free. And I go, way to go, Danny boy. That's awesome. Volunteer to watch somebody's kid. You know, say, hey, I know you just had a kid and you trust me and I noticed you look tired. Does you know if anyone's had a kid they haven't slept in forever? And say, I'll help you. Or how about give someone a gift card? Say, hey, man, I was just thinking about it, and I thought maybe you guys wanted a gift card to Little Caesars. Get a few pizzas on me. Do something that you could help them. Maybe you could run errands for them. Hey, hey, I've got to run over here. Is there anything you might need? The other day I told my neighbors that, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. And my neighbor said, yeah, you know what, Richard, did you really mean that? I go, yeah. They go, man, we, we really, we love this sandwich place called Chiba Hut. And I'd never heard of Chiba Hut. So they go, can you go there? And I go, sure, yeah, of course. I didn't know where he was. I looked it up on my phone, Chiba Hut. Okay, that's how I know. And I go to order, and they go, make sure you get me a blunt. And I go, orale, okay, what kind of sandwich am I ordering here? <laughs> no, that's what they told me. And I'm like, okie dokie. So I go over there and I go, uh, I'd like, uh, I'm looking up there and it, literally it says a blunt and that means a 12-inch sandwich. So I go, can I have a 12-inch sandwich? They go, they go, you mean a blunt? And I go, yes. <laughs> I haven't ordered a blunt in 40 years. <laughs> Please don't tell anyone. I'll never forget that night. They also ordered from beverages, and I go to the store to get them, and there's a young lady of our church. Hi, pastor. And I'm like, hi, cheaper hot blunt and everything. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Run some errands for people. Do their laundry. Invite. This is crazy idea. Invite some relatives over. How about that? Hey, we're going to have a cookout. Or why don't you do this? Hey, we're going to have a cookout. Can we have it at your house? And then say, yeah, and then call the people you're going to invite. Say, hey, we're going to have a cookout over at, at Susie's house, over at Tommy's house. Can you bring this and this and this and this? Tell them everything you need. And then you just show up, you don't bring anything because you organize the whole thing and everything turns out perfect, right? Because everyone else brought something. No, don't do that, okay? But, but all kidding aside, invite some friends, relatives over. Do something that you could do that's tangible, that you could really put the rubber to the road. Another thing is ordinary heroes do is they maintain healthy restraint. Now, let me tell you what I mean by a healthy restraint. A restraint is holding back from doing something that you really want to do because sometimes we want to heal someone more than they want to be healed. We want to help someone more than they want to be helped. Have you ever had a relationship like that? They're all messed up, and you're like, oh, man, I got to help them, got to help them. And you're doing everything for them, and they don't, they don't do anything. And you're like, well, do you even want help? Well, yeah, I love what you're doing for me. I don't want to do it, but I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad somebody's doing it. In other words, to hold back from trying to control them, hold back from trying to do everything, hold back. 
Make yourself available, but don't try to take over. Look what it says right there in Psalms 141, verse 3. It says, take control of what you say, O Lord, of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. In other words, God, watch over what I say. Don't let me try to correct people and don't get me try to control people and try to try to orchestrate them and manipulate them and, and, and put everything in place. And don't let me do that, God. Keep a guard over my lips. Let me, in other words, shut up. Because I could really cross the line. So restrain from trying to fix them. Some of you are trying to fix people more than they want to be fixed. Some of you call Brother Tomas and Renee or Brother Chris and Sonia. Hey, do you guys have any room at the, at, I don't know his construction. My, my son's a drug addict. My, my wife's a drug addict. My, my sister's a drug addict. My, my whatever. And they go, yeah. And then they bring that and we go, do they even want to come? Yeah, 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 they want to come. But yeah, you put a gun to their head, you better go. And they show up, and they're there an hour or two hours. They're there overnight, and they bail. We don't keep them there against their will. The only ones that we keep there against their will, and really we don't even keep them, but if they're court-ordered, we go, well, we hate to do this, but we have to call your PO and tell them that you ran off. You're scounded. But otherwise, we want you there, and we, but people... Sometimes they don't want to get fixed. And it's like, man, they don't even want to get fixed, and you want them fixed. It's like they don't want it. They've got to want it. So hold back from trying to fix somebody. Also restrain from trying to speed them through their pain. There's people that are mourning, grieving. They're grieving the loss of loved ones. Some are grieving because they died. Some are grieving because they moved out of their house. Some are grieving because they moved away. That's why for parents, when their kids start moving away, they call it the empty nest syndrome because a mom and a dad now go down the hallway and all the noises and the pitter-patter is not there and they go by the kid's door and, man, the, the bedroom's empty and they're like, man, my son's really gone. My daughter's really gone. Or if they're dead... And my husband's really gone, and there's this clothes, and I'm still going to smell it. And someone's like, oh, you got to get rid of the clothes already. Get rid of You know what? Don't rush anybody. Everyone mourns different. Everyone goes through pain differently. Everyone, you know, I, I, I thought I'd be up and running by now. And I'm, I'm I think, uh, seven months after this surgery. And I said, man, am I doing, like, Okay. And the doctor goes, dude, you're doing phenomenal compared to most of the patients we have. And there's a few patients that are doing better than you. I go, tell me who they are so I could trip them, you know. <laughs> no, but, but, but I'm like, I, I, I want to measure. Let me know how I'm doing. See, sometimes we want to know how we're doing, and we're trying to speed someone through something that they're not ready to run through yet. So find out where their pain level is and find out where they're at and, how they're doing with their mourning, their grieving, or whatever kind of pain they might be going through. And it might have gotten divorced. They say that if when you get divorced or even the death of a spouse, 
that you shouldn't date for every year that you were married, you shouldn't date one month. So if you were married 20 years, you shouldn't date for 20 months. That's almost two years. Like two years, yeah, that's how long they say it takes to really find healing. And some people right away, they, they just like, oh, we broke up, we called it off. What happened? I don't, we went to breakfast and she said, that's it, I don't wanna be married to you. He said, I don't wanna be married. And by lunchtime, they're already having lunch with somebody else. They're like, what's up with this, man? What are you doing? So restrain from rushing things. And also restrain from making their pain about you. Have you ever told someone what you're going through? And before you know it, they start outdoing you? Like, oh, that's nothing. You ought to see what I've been going through. Nah, that's nothing. And all of a sudden, they're telling you all of their pain, all of their pain, all of their pain, all of their pain. And you're like, wow, I thought you were here to help me. It's all about you. Restrain from doing that. Don't let yourself get caught in that trap because it really affects the relationship and it affects what you're going through. And then you realize this person's not even listening. Have you ever been with somebody that you don't think they're listening? Throw out a really crazy thought every once in a while. Like sometimes if I'm busy on something, my son might be talking to me and he goes, Dad, are you listening? I go, look, you're calling me and I'm, I, I'm in the middle of a project right now that I cannot break away from. And I promise I'll listen to you, but just know I can't give you my undivided attention. So I'm listening to him, but I'm still working on whatever I'm working on. And all of a sudden he goes, and he'll say something real stupid like, yeah, and then all of a sudden the monkey jumped in the back seat and it was crazy, ate some bananas, and then we went to the restaurant. And I go, you don't think I heard that you threw a monkey in there in the back seat with bananas? He goes, you really are listening. And I go, yes, I am, monkey. But there's been other times where I went, mm-hmm. Oh, how cute. You know. You know, it's like, man, he busted me. Because it's painful when you want someone to share your pain and they don't. So ordinary people maintain a healthy restraint. And last thing is, ordinary heroes, they provide the comfort of their silent presence. In other words, they don't talk. Sometimes all you need to do is be there. Just keep your lips tight and don't say anything. Because sometimes by being quiet and just being there is the greatest comfort you could give them instead of you thinking, yeah, I don't know what to say, but I'll just start saying anything. Well, he was a bum anyway. He was nobody really like your husband anyway. He was a jerk. He was a jerk. And then next week, they're back together. Oh, uh, did I say that about him? I, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about the neighbor. Now, you know, it's like, you know what? Sometimes the best thing to do is just be silent. Just be silent and be present. Let them know I love you. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I don't know if there's anything I could do, but I'll, I'll just be here and sit with you silent. Remember Job? There's a guy in the Bible named Job. 
His name is spelled like Job. That's why some of you have never read the book. You don't want a job. I don't want a job. <laughs> no, I know. I'm joking. But it's spelled like Job, J-O-B, but his name is Job. He was a very wealthy man. And he had a lot of children. And he, he just had a lot of everything. And so one day Satan goes, oh, God, he's talking to God. And he goes, oh, you think you're... Your man Job is all bad because he's got all that money in there. Well, he's all happy because you blessed him so much. What's going to happen? Let me mess with him a little bit and let's see what happens. Let's see how long he keeps blessing your name. So God says, okay, you just can't take his life, but go ahead. Have at it. So man, Satan really goes to town, man. They steal his cattle, they steal his sheep, they steal his camels, they steal his donkeys, they steal his livestock. They, and then his, all his children are at a house, and a, a big wind came, knocked the whole house down, and killed all of them. Man, I mean, talking about, and then, but Job never turned down the Lord. He never cursed the Lord. He just kept praising the Lord. He goes, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm going to put my trust and faith in God. And then Satan goes, oh, well, yeah, but let's see what happens if I pick on him directly. So Satan causes his body to get all these boils, these huge boils all over his body, the bottom of his feet, his every, just everything. It was horrible. And finally, Job's friends had heard about what he was going through. And we pick up the story in Job chapter 2, verse 11, 12, and 13. When three of Job's friends heard about the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their houses to comfort and console him. A little further down the verse. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing out loud, they tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. They're seeing him so wounded. They're like, oh, my God, help this brother of ours. He's our homie, man. Oh, God, and they're just tearing their robes. They're throwing dirt on them like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. And they went and sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. This for seven days and nights, no one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Let me tell you something. The most powerful expression are rarely found in words. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it but in a tear. You cry with somebody, they know, wow, you really care. You hug them, you go, wow, you really care. Put your hand on their shoulder, that, you really care. They need to know that you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They want to know that you care. I want you to know that 
Jesus cares. He cares of what you're going through in life. He cares of the pain you've been carrying. He cares about the pain that has been inflicted upon you, psychologically, physically, emotionally, spiritually. He cares about you, and he loves you. And he wants you to know today that he's saying, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, all you who are broken, all you who are exhausted, and I will give you rest. And if you want that rest today, I invite you to come to Jesus. I invite you to give your life to him. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's your day. So just say, that's for me. Pastor, I want Jesus. Is there anyone here today? that has never given their life to Jesus and you want to do that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody because it's the greatest decision you make in your life. So if you raised your hand, stand to your feet because we want to pray for you. We're going to pray a prayer of encouragement and strength And we want to just celebrate with you the decision you're making. So if that was you who wants to give your life to Jesus, stand real quick, would you? So we could pray with you. Amen. Would everyone pray with me and just say, Heavenly Father, you know what I'm going through. You know the pain. You know how real it is. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you carry me and hold me and allow me to experience your peace and your power and your presence. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord, and I want to live for you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And can I give you a hug? I've got some material we want to give you, a Bible and some material that we'd like to bless you with. And just say, what a joy. of you stand to your feet. I want to give a big old shout out to Tiffany. I don't know if Tiffany's here tonight, but she sure blessed me today. I met her for the first time. She said she just started coming to church, and I went from the airport straight to a restaurant to get some lunch before I came to church, and she ran to open the door, and I thought she went to open the door for a whole group of people that were walking in. And I moved out of the way, and they walked in, and then I'm walking out, and I go, I thank you, young lady. She goes, I just started going to your church. I go, oh, can I give you a hug? And she gave me a hug, and she was such a blessing. Tiffany, thank you. And thank you if I haven't got to meet you. We'll get to do that real soon. But tonight, it's about you and God. If you need prayer, if you've been carrying a pain that is overwhelming and you want to be one of those ordinary heroes to make a difference, 
Come to the altar and say, you know what, Lord, I don't want to carry this anymore. I want to turn my pain and the gain, and I want to help people from the experience. So make your way up so we can pray with you as we sing this song. Amen.